everybody to the Q2Q podcast. If you're new to the podcast or if you don't know by now, my name is Becca. My name is Ben. And we're here to talk about the latest and greatest in theme park news and to deep dive into a topic of our choice. Ben, before we get into that, we have to talk about the most important thing. How was your week? Always the most important topic. My week was pretty good. Uh, I once again returned to our favorite Seacoast rep and saw the next piece of theater that they're doing. This time I saw the Soul Series. Um, so they're doing two shows. Uh, one is Stokely and Martin, and the other is Nevaeh's brother. Um, they're both written by our good friend Najee Brown, and they're some very powerful pieces of theater. I uh, highly recommend checking them out. They are being live streamed on certain days, but we went on a day that was not live streamed. So. Oh, that's really good to know because anybody can can go and purchase tickets for the live stream and go right and watch so it from watch them. no matter where you are. Um, right. The Soul if you don't Series. Feel comfortable going back to live theater. Or if you're not in the area, we know I know we have exactly. some some listeners that are not from from New England, which is great. Um, also, the Soul Series is really really cool because it's celebrating Black stories. Mm-hmm. If you have the time, if you have the means, go check out their live stream. Or if you're in the area, go check out their shows. They're pretty they're pretty great. Um, so that was that's Stokely and Martin and Nevaeh's brother, right? Yep. Yeah, um, we have. A, some good friends there and we're pretty good friends with the the playwright too so yeah it's a pretty great so time definitely worth checking out yeah um how was your week my week was good i don't really remember what i did <laughs> i think i just <laughs> ah one of those weeks <laughs> i think i just worked and just like existed i don't know man uh yeah, oh no, that's, that's what i find myself doing a lot my, of the time my new roommates moved in which is exciting um so, oh fun so shout out to sammy she listens so she's literally in that bedroom right now maybe she can hear me but sammy Word. if you can't hear me hello on this podcast um so yeah they moved in over the weekend and uh we've just been t- nerding out over wandavision specifically and star wars and I many other a, things i saw a great meme which was combined star wars and wandavision but it was wampa vision dumb dumb do you <laughs> very dumb have you started watching <laughs> wandavision men um, I've watched it over Heather's shoulder, but I have to go back and actually watch oh, it man. myself. I, she tends to watch the things that they come out. I watch them when the season's ready. It's like I'm just watching through the Mandalorian now. Oh, so you oh, you're a binger. Seasons. I am a binger, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy the the weekly episode situation because it, it and it's funny because you your family got rid of cable forever ago, but mm-hmm. it's funny for me to think about like how structured my life is when I watch things as they come out because it's like oh every Friday I have WandaVision to look look for and I have Watcher to look for like and like Sunday nights or or Monday evenings is like Bob's Burgers came out the the week before oh, Bob's Burgers <laughs> so it's like we have just like this very specific schedule today we watched we watched Bob's Burgers at lunch because we were like gotta watch it we've been waiting two months for the most recent Bob's Burgers episode, but. Oh, really? Yeah, because they were on hiatus for the winter break. Their last episode was right before Christmas and the first episode back was was Valentine's Day. Very nice, very nice. Makes me sad because I just want to watch Bob's Burgers. Mm. Um, Hey, Becca, what you got there? I have the beer of the week. Ah, and that would be another from White Birch Brewing, correct? That's right, buddy. All right, so we're continuing with our series of working with White Birch Brewing. This week, we are drinking the Black Current Berliner. Berliner? 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 Berliner. 
Bariner. <laughs> White Birch Brewing, uh, the Black Current Berliner Weiss Small Batch Ale. It's a German style sour wheat ale with a 5.5% ABV. Yeah, it's a very, very tart beer, which I, I kind of like it um, because it's it's not sweet, but it's tart. Because I think sometimes when you get sours or like fruited beer, it can be like too sweet, like almost like, mm-hmm. or just in general, like I don't want my alcohol to taste like extreme candy. I want it to be like right. a sophisticated beverage, which is I think yeah. what- I ordered a beer, not a Cosmo. Right. You know? <laughs> um, but it, it makes your cheeks pucker when you sip it. It's nice and sour, Ooh. which is, it is a sour. So there you go. Um, and it smells Excellent. really, really fruity, but- the thing that I really want to talk about and people who follow us on Instagram have, if you listen in real time, you'll have seen, if you have, if you don't look back, the color of this beer is absolutely beautiful. It's like this deep magenta color. And like, that's a huge thing I like about white birch in general is that they have just such a color spectrum in all of their beers. Like I, I was joking earlier that I could do like a photo shoot drinking these beers with like col- different color palettes and different themed outfits because it's just so beautiful. Like I can't wait to break into the next few beers because we got a blueberry one coming up. We have a raspberry one coming up. So I, I can't wait to see what those, hey, those sound pretty too. Those have in, in store. And it's just a pretty fruity beer with some some great carbonation. And that's another thing I really like about, about beer is, is that good carbonation, you know? Yeah. So again, we just want to say thanks so much to White Birch Brewing uh, for partnering with us. We have a few more great beers coming out, as Becca said, so definitely stay tuned for those. And we're going to keep posting them so you guys can drink along with us during the episode. And always drink responsibly. Yes, drink responsibly. Can't really stress that enough. Yes. So yeah. uh, So with that, let's jump right into the news. Now, the first thing we have in the news is not real news um (laughs) we don't think it's real news but it's hilarious (laughs) so we if you don't know about the onion um the onion is a satirical news site where they write silly little stories that relate to other things and this story is it's called it's bridesmaids Bridesmaid ruins entire Universal Studios Toon Lagoon bachelorette party by hooking up with Dudley Do-Right. And I'm going to just read this fucking article because it's so good. (laughs) And it's like one paragraph long. So this says, Orlando, Florida. Sobbing that it was supposed to be, quote, her special day at the newspaper comic-themed water park, 27-year-old bride Clarissa Manx told reporters Friday that her bridesmaid ruined the entire Universal Studios Toon Lagoon bachelorette party by hooking up with Dudley Do-Right. Quote, (laughs) we were supposed to go on the Popeye and Blue and Bluto's bilge wrap barges raft ride but instead I'm stuck here eating my Dagwood sandwich alone while Amber's off making out with the cartoon Mountie said Manx expressing frustration that her friend's torrid affair with the costume Canadian officer had completely upended the all-girls weekend she wanted to spend doing meet and greets with Betty Boop and olive oil quote does she seriously expect me to eat a three scoop ice cream sundae at Kathy's while she's boinking a Rocky and Bullwinkle character I knew I could have cut Amber off at the backwater bay when she kept asking Dudley Do-Right if she could ride, if she could ride horse. I can't believe she did this to me. At press time, Manx was reportedly furious after her bridesmaid tried to smooth things over by arranging a double date on Ripsa- Ripside Fall, Ripsaw Falls with Zippy the Pinhead. Oh Lord. End of article. <laughs> what great? Who wrote it? Hold on. Very important. Who wrote it? 
Who wrote it? This is uh Can you not do they not have sources for I, the onion? I don't know if it says. Oh my I, I god. Guess it's just from the onion. I just want to know who wrote it. Okay, if I'm I doubt whoever wrote this is listening, but man, if somebody knows any writers at the onion and knows who wrote this article, please let us know so we can give proper credit. Cause it is yep. fabulous. I love the really onion. <laughs> I'm totally down with doing a satire news like about the parks what if, my favorite being the click hole article about the brer fox that, this is not the first time we've brought that up and it's i know so but important. it's still the best one it's so good <laughs> i'm gonna marry your dad ryan <laughs> oh my god i <laughs> it's so stupid but it's so good and oh, oh man that article never gets old it's just like our ad it never gets never old. gets old oh yep. all right well let's keep moving let's, back to the real news i want an entire you know maybe this could be our next calling ben is that on the q2q website we just write satirical articles based on theme parks maybe that's what we do hey um, i got i got a writer friend who i was just talking to about writing funny stuff well, he's writing a cover letter so i'll talk to him about joining the q2q staff for exposure for exposure <laughs> and <we're> fear. <laughs> we can provide that uh Expose so your beer and drinks just this alcohol. week. Ah, uh, well, what's really on the news this week is that SeaWorld San Diego announces new events for 2021. Now, SeaWorld San Diego is not formally open for ridership. So you can go to SeaWorld San Diego because it falls under that category of it being like a zoo and aquarium type situation. But in uh, California, uh, theme parks with like rides and things, because I'm assuming they're high touch point situations are not formally open, but SeaWorld San Diego falls under that zoo umbrella. But the new events for this year in 2021, um, is that SeaWorld San Diego will bring Hello Scream to the parks. Now this is the first time a SeaWorld park has done Hello Scream. Bush Gardens usually does Hello Scream. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that SeaWorld tried to do some, halloween thing back in like 2014 or something called like terror in the deep but it didn't really go super well but i think with how much haunts have grown in the last few years and and all that i think they're going to try to bring it back and i think specifically branding it as hollow scream will help them because it's equated to bush gardens and their you know high esteem with their horror event so that's running from September to October of 2021. Um, in the spring, we got Sesame Kids weekends, which will be running May to June of this year, which again is just like a little Sesame Street celebration. It's geared more towards towards little ones under under nine, I think. Um, then in conjunction with Howlow Scream, you got Barbecue and Brews over there, which is running the same time, um, September to October, which is just going to be, you know, barbecue and beer fest, which is all we can really ask for over at Q2Q. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for it. <laughs> um, and that's, those are the new things. And plus they have the typical things that they run every season of um, their like food, their celebration of food festivals, their, uh, their wine festivals, all those things. Um, but those are the new right. things for for this year hopefully by the fall things are safe to get back over to san diego and things are opening back up again make it worth it to take a trip yeah we need uh we need disneyland dca and uh sea world san diego open before we can go 
and forget, Universal about, Hollywood, uh, Farms. and Knott's Berry Farm, <laughs> the West Coast Tour Man, West Coast <laughs> Tour, we're to gonna do it. A it's YouTube coming. near you. Yep. Um, want to do a roadside road trip? YouTube near. Poop. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the brightest part that. of my week was that the Muppet Show hit Disney Plus on Friday. Uh, so all five seasons of the Muppet Show are now streaming on Disney Plus. Uh, I am very. Oh, well, I know what I'm binging this week. I'm very excited about it because it's just a kind of show that it's comfort food at this point. Oh, absolutely. Of like you can throw it on while you're cleaning the house and you look over and there's just some some guy doing the tango with a giant Muppet. Like we're it's a great it's time. Fantastic. I love the Muppet Show. I always have. I think they should. If they took it back in this exact form, I think it would still be a success. I don't understand why they haven't. They they try to do these like offshoots of it. Like they did the Muppets Now, which was like fine. It wasn't great, but it was all right. And then they did uh they did something a few years ago. Oh, the office show, the Muppets Office show, which was not great. Like I don't understand why they even attempted to make that. A thing i it it seemed like they were capitalizing on that form of the mockumentary and it just didn't work with the muppets so i don't know i think if they brought back the muppet show in that form of the variety the variety stage show it would it would do wonders bring it back bring it back i am down yeah i uh i missed that show Mm -hmm. it was good now, Ben, did you happen to see any previews of what's in store for Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary? I saw some of the concept art for the colorizations, if that's what we're going to say. I don't know, the overlays. Yeah, the, the color palette, uh, the overlays. Yeah, color palettes, that. So that's what I saw. I didn't really see anything about events or anything, if that's... There's not much information out. Okay. Re- then yeah, I guess I I guess I saw some of that. Yeah, it's really only really right now that the only thing that's, things that are out are the concept art for the uh, overlays of some of the icons and new costumes for Mickey and Minnie. It's being dubbed the most magical celebration on earth, and it's gonna last eighteen months. That's two whole pregnancies. Wow. Yikes. You could have two babies for the for Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. Please don't, but you could. Hey, at least we're going to be able to see it. Right. I was thinking about that a lot of like, that's a long time. And like, I'll be able to actually hit it. Even if I don't get to the park in 2021. Like, or if even if I don't get to the park in 2022, I'll be able to see it. It's crazy. Yeah. That is, it's crazy. But yeah. But I'm definitely down to go see that, so. Yeah, everything is iridescent, everything. Um, The castle is getting sparkles and pixie dust. The Epcot ball is going to have what I like to call bisexual lighting, which is the duality between pink and blue. Um, Then the Tower of Terror is getting new lighting effects to glitter in the, quote, golden age of Hollywood, which that is a thing I am interested to see of why I understand that it's the biggest icon in the park, but it seems odd that the Tower of Terror is the one they're choosing to light up. (laughs) But No, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I just hope it makes it look they just They saw the Hollywood Tower of Cake and they want to do it. It's our fault. Damn it. It's all us. Um, So... Thank you, Disney, and you're welcome. 
Uh, and then finally the tree of life will have magical fireflies and these are all being called beacons mm. of magic i like it mm-hmm. and then mickey and minnie are getting real cool iridescent costumes too oh those looked good. those looked really great exactly. i think they look better than the birthday ones personally i thought the birthday ones were a little bit tacky just saying oh you've done it now you've criticized the mouse i do it every week ben <laughs> <laughs> it's part of Uh-oh. the show anyway uh no further announcements on the attractions that were delayed uh but these were these all almost all of them were supposed to debut in time for the 50th but there's no talk about whether or not they're all still happening i don't know well i think if we're just hearing about them now you know there's still some time well i mean the the attractions that were supposed to be ready in time for the 50th were supposed to be tron and uh yes those were uh guardians was supposed to be ready and that's already been delayed um rip other things i think ratatouille was but i think that one's debuting this summer i think don't quote me on it it's slated to right um there's there's other things that are currently under construction that I yeah, I don't know what the status is, but um, that's the 50th anniversary. And finally, on the news, Joe Rohde was just hired by Virgin Galactic to design custom space travel experiences. He's joined he's joined Virgin Galactic, which is a a consumer space travel company. It's I believe a subsidiary of Virgin airlines or like at least related um and yeah they're all on virgin mobile virgin airlines virgin galactic right and uh, that's the venture same company into the first he is the first experience architect so he will be just another funny word for imagineer right somebody was like he's imagineering (laughs) space (laughs) um so it says that and and who better who better to imagineer space than joe roadie uh, I agree. He is the only person I would ever want to design space. I, like, my only argument would be like, if I was going to pick an Imagineer to, to Imagineer space, it would be Joe Rohde. Whoever's going to d- Imagineer like under the sea is going to be Tony Baxter. Like, those are the elements. That's true. Those are the differences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the last, the final frontiers of the world, Joe Rohde and, and Tony Baxter. If Tony Baxter announced that he was going to like design an interactive titanic experience underwater i'd be like yes please. <laughs> you get to sink yay um but yeah it says that uh joe Rody will be he is a strategic advisor to help design and guide the overall experience journey for future astronauts friends and families and inspired fans alike uh it will stimulate curiosity guide the imagination and anchor the virgin galactic customer experience with purposeful with purposefulness and meaning um and it's just I, I like you said who better to imagine your space than joe Rody? i can't think of anyone um so good for joe good for him uh i mean we'll miss you I'm, but... I'm wondering if this was in the works for a while who knows because he retired january 1st to take a month off and then be like well here i am got nothing to better to do might as well go to space (laughs) (laughs) i guess i mean 
I bet you it's always been like on his bucket list to like I bet you he wanted to be an astronaut at some point in his life and now he's just getting to fulfill I mean, who his didn't? little dreams. Um I don't know if I did, but I did. I'm just bad at math, so and your it really just dead. came from the fact that I can't read. And your little tummy hurts when you go on rides. <laughs> yeah. Vomit Comet doesn't agree with me. Uh, but <laughs> on that final topic of space, that's the news. And we will be right All back right. to talk about this week's fun topic. Hey everyone, I just wanted to tell you about our new partnership with ScribbleScript Studio. ScribbleScript is an independently owned small business specializing in custom lettering designs. The artist behind it, Emma, is located in the Orlando area and frequently she can be found visiting the parks for inspiration. Some of my favorite stickers are her Happily Ever After Dumbo sticker and her Tower of Terror suitcase. So check her out on Instagram, make sure you let her know that Q2Q sent you, and if you're looking for some fun stickers to put on your laptop or your favorite water bottle, make sure you check out her Etsy shop at Scribble Script Studio and use the code Q spelled just like the podcast at checkout for 15% off your order today. That's code Q Q U E U E spelled just like the podcast for 15% off your order at Scribble Script Studios. And we're back. Great ad. Wonderful. Great ad as always. Always great ads on the Q to Q podcast. Yeah. So this week, only the finest and best. We are um it's time to remember the magic as we dive headfirst into everything that was the 25th anniversary celebration of the Walt Disney World Resort. So before the break, we talked about how we're upcoming on October 1st, 2021 will be the 50th anniversary of the Walt Disney World Resort. So we are going to jump back in time and talk about 1996 and the 25th anniversary. So these sources for this came from DVC Request, Disney Wikipedia, Walt Dated World, an allears.net article from 1997 that talked about what was going on in the celebration. I was like, what? Allears.net was around in 97? The fuck? There wasn't really a lot that was around in 97. No, I was barely there. Uh... There was. I was def. I definitely had no internet presence in '97. Uh, so we continue. We got it from Sci Live, and then finally the 25th anniversary special starring Caroline Ray. I watched the whole thing. Can't wait. Nice. The year was 1996. Animal Kingdom was just announced. No magic bands. No fast pass. Not even plastic tickets. Just paper ones. Discovery Island was still open. So was River Country. The world was certainly different, but it's time to remember the magic as we talk about the 25th anniversary of Walt Disney World. What were you doing on October 1st, 1996? I was in my mother's womb about to rip forth from her loins. (laughs) I I was 27 days away from being on this planet nice yes i just had my first birthday oh yeah happy birthday like seven ben. days before thanks <laughs> it's great to be one <laughs> it's so mentally i haven't aged today also great reading that was great i'm gonna add artificial nice. like applause that. in there so that it's Excellent. some like 2001 space odyssey dramatic music yeah i was gonna say let's get some uh some background music in there too. absolutely just like... we're going in yeah. uh 
So doing it live. (laughs) The 25th anniversary celebration of Walt Disney World lasted from October 1st, 1996 to January 31st, 1998. It included many new attractions, new parades, new shows, and October 1st, the official anniversary, there was speeches from Roy E. Disney, Walt's nephew, Michael Eisner, who was at the time CEO, and the first lady at the time, Hillary Clinton, as well as a flyover from the U.S. military jets. And you know how much we love to talk about this. The most significant and controversial thing about the celebration was the Cinderella Castle Cake. Hell yeah. The almost 200-foot castle was coated in 400 gallons of pink paint in three different shades to represent a delicious-looking frosting. Additionally, the castle had inflatable white ice, uh, icing accents, lollipops, gumballs, lifesavers, gumdrops, red candy hearts, and green candy stars. The turrets of the castle were also overlaid with birthday candles. I think it's almost time for me to resurrect it and uh, uh, make the, the Tower of Cake and the Tree of Cake and the Epcot Ball of Cake... <laughs> Um, because now that I... The Epcot cake pop. <laughs> the Epcot cake pop. Ben, I know what I'm doing this week in my free time. Um, oh, boy. Well, we've done it again. <laughs> Here to ruin your favorite park on icons this, with cake. On this, on this, once again, episode of You Didn't Ask, but we delivered anyway. Um, yeah, now that oh, I know how to use best. Photoshop a little bit better, I think it would be fun for me to take on this project. Anyway, many returning visitors were charmed to see the castle transformation, but the once-in-a-lifetime visitors were not too pleased to see this transformation. Neither were the soon-to-be-married guests at the new wedding pavilion over at the Grand Floridian who wanted their special day you imagine? to be commemorated with a lovely romantic picture in front of Cinderella the castle i just like what do you what do you do what you can't just change your wedding date because they're like pink pink (laughs) castle pink cake cake it's a cake cake or dust cake uh though more subtle the train station also received 26 candles outside of it 25 for 25 years wait (laughs) it makes sense just read it all right and one for good luck in the many years to come. Only one for good only luck. Only one. They were only they had high uh, hopes for 97, and that was it. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad I just kept rolling because boy, would I have sounded dumb. <laughs> uh, the best part of the celebration for guests was the welcome center was set up in the old Disneyana store. Is that Disneyana? Disneyana? I've never seen that before. Uh, Walt Disney Story location. Hold on, I didn't do enough research to figure out where this was. I believe this is where the Main Street Theater is now. Or like where Mickey and Tinkerbell meet. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Uh, So in the midst of park memorabilia, visitors could register as guests of honor and receive special cardboard adhesive badges designated them as guests of honor. Uh, they uh, They would be encouraged to commemorate the year of their first visit on these badges. There's also a special badge for first time visitors. If all the freebies weren't enough, there were also commemorative lithographs that guests could take home. Uh, Guests could watch a film called Mickey's Magic Workshop starring Sorcerer Mickey and Miss Crystal Ball. The movie offered a sneak preview to future Disney projects such as the Disney Cruise Line. And the exit area of the film contained a scale model of the Animal Kingdom. Because remember, the Animal Kingdom opened in 1998. There was also teaser merchandise for Animal Kingdom and the Disney Cruise Line 
for for sale in this area. Wow. Mm -hmm. There was also a resort wake up message, Mickey Mouse. Hiya, pal. Time to wake up. Oh gosh. I'm really bad. You're doing great. Uh, there's so many swell things going on around our world today. We're celebrating our 25th anniversary, you know? So uh, you get ready. We'll see you soon, okay? Laughs. So long. Laughs. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I knew I can't do the Mickey voice right, so I just hard committed to doing it like... Really poorly. <laughs> really poor script reading. I want... If we, <laughs> like, when we get back to the parks and if we stay in resort, which we may or may not, it's expensive, um, I do want to call the wake-up line or like register to have a wake-up call so that we can have like silly little goofy calls in the morning. Excellent. Excuse me while I break Ben's earballs because my mic is falling on my... What? Anyway... <clears throat> Alternatively to the castle cake, the 20th anniversary brought a brand new parade to the Magic Kingdom. This was much more well-received. The parade consisted of six enormous floats, all decorated beautifully in a, full, in a full array of Disney characters. One float had a traditional characters such as Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Pluto. The other five showcased the Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, and the one, final one, the Enchanted Forest, was a beautiful float with many well-known characters such as Pooh, Mary Poppins, Pocahontas, and Snow White. The floats had dancers and singers surrounding them as they made their way along the parade route. In total, there were about 100 characters and performers in this parade. And this parade was called Remember the Magic. And it had a really, really catchy tune. Why, so it did. It was the first of its kind called a stop action parade. Throughout the parade, the cast members and performers encouraged participation during select portions. If you wanted your kids to participate, then they would wear a sticker that cast members would come and grab them. Yeah, so I'll go into a little more detail about what was on each of these floats because I, I briefly mentioned them, but we they they have actually pretty good archive of what happened at each stop on this parade. Oh, really? Yeah, so... The first float was called the royalty float and it was a glimmering castle float. And that's the castle float that got recycled forever afterwards. It's that pointy spire one that's like 25 feet long mm. that like all of the princesses yep. were on until very recently. It got recycled for literally everything until Festival of Fantasy. Um, throughout the parade, the cast member, oh, just kidding, that's your line. Um... So this castle float had Mickey, Donald, Pluto, Goofy, Minnie, and Chippendale. It also had Cinderella and Prince Charming riding on this iconic float that, like I said, is still in use and recycled to this day. At each stop, dancers, led by, dancers were led by the fairy godmother, and they would choose audience members to dance to So This Is Love, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, and other princess songs. Aww. On the Little Mermaid Under the Sea float, there was a choral background with Ariel and her musical friends. Sebastian leads the band. Seahorses would spurt jets of water out at the side of the float. Dancing starfish would scoop up guests uh, for them to join a conga line dancing to Under the Sea. And on the Beauty and the Beast float, Lumiere was inside a rotating giant punch bowl, which I believe is still like that like snow globe kind of uh, like version of a parade float that you see in a lot of those parades. Um, many other dining room characters are on this float as well. So on a separate float behind them had Belle and the Beast appearing on the bridge of the Rose Garden. Dancers would scoop up audience members to dance to, to a waltz of Be Our Guest. Uh, Aladdin's treasure float. Guests would have the chance to conjure up 
the magical genie who stood 20 feet above a sea of golden jewels. Aladdin, Jasmine, and Jafar, uh, direct audience in a game of Genie Says, warriors, magic carpets, and two giant camels, which are still outside our favorite ride, led the way. Yep, those camels, those damn camels there outside of... Absolutely no sarcasm in that. <laughs> fucking Aladdin, the magic carpets of goddamn Aladdin, God. Oh, I hate that ride. Anyway, the Lion King Pride <laughs> Rock float had adult Simba sitting on, on top of Pride Rock with other characters like Rafiki and Zazu joining him. Um, and Rafiki was like on the back of the float and Zazu like flew overhead, which was cool. Uh, the guests would beat on drums on the side of the float while Simba and Timon would lead the group in a rousing rendition of Hakuna Matata. And the last float was the Enchanted Forest. This float had Snow White and Dopey, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, Pocahontas and Miko, haha, <laughs> official cutie cute cat, Grandmother Willow, Winks to, uh, to quests on the back of the float. To guests. I don't Snow know how to spell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound right. Uh, Winks to guests on the back of the float. Snow White's wishing well squirts water over either side of the float. And the 30-foot castle equipped with daytime fireworks sends them towards the sky. Isn't that insane? There were fireworks on a parade float. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. That's so much cool stuff. Um, according to the official Disney brochure for the 25th anniversary, it advertised, quote, Did you ever dream of an enchanted place where fantastic adventures waits around every corner? Then the seven lands of fantasy and fun make up the Magic Kingdom can make your dreams come true. And advertised was Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean, and the Haunted Mansion in the Hall of Presidents. They also advertised the new Tomorrowland, which featured the all-new Alien Encounter. Bum, bum, bum. And you could journey through the ages with your far-out host, the Timekeeper, and then sail among the scars with Astro Orbiter and blast off for worlds and for other worlds on the incredible space mountain it and that was that was magic kingdom that's what they wanted you to see when you went to magic kingdom nothing about mm -hmm. fantasy land we don't care about that everywhere else though right <laughs> <laughs> that's okay fantasy land got its own later on <laughs> uh it also read you're the star at the disney mgm studios where you'll experience all the action and emotion of movies and television firsthand. And Epcot is much more than a theme park. It's an ever-changing, always entertaining world of discovery. I'm using always pretty, uh, pretty strongly there. Oop. It is ever-changing. Always entertaining? Not right now. Sure is. Um, always ever-changing. World of discovery? All right. We're using strong words here. So I wanted to give people like a little glimpse into like what your day or your life would kind of look like going to Disney in 1996. So um, to give that perspective, I'm going to tell you guys a few things that were being advertised in 1996. So for starters, Animal Kingdom was two years away, like we've mentioned. <laughs> you, there's no Animal Kingdom, no fun stuff over there. Um, Interventions was brandy new. Nope. Uh, it was this new concept of diving into future technologies and staying up to date. And it was all the excitement of new technological advances. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience was a brand new show playing over at the Imagination Theater next to the original 
Journey into Imagination, which was still kicking ass. Uh, the addition of the Circle of Life environmental fable over at the Land Pavilion, which is rest in peace gone now. Um, and the addition of Ellen's energy adventure over at the Universe of Energy. Those are some things just inside. Heck, that's just freaking Epcot for new stuff, right? Mm. We also found out that Celebration <clears throat> Florida was officially a city in 1996. Mickey's Starland, which was formerly Mickey's birthday land, transforms officially into Mickey's Toontown Fair with the opening of the new Goofy's Barnstormer. I believe Goofy's Barnstormer is the closest opening date to my birthday for a ride. Really? Which I believe is is for the celebration. Um, Ariel's Grotto was was a new lush lagoon to meet Ariel and cool off in the warm seasons. Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame, a musical adventure, which was a stage show based on the movie. It had medieval puppets and 21 action actors performing the soundtrack and the story was new for that time. There was a backstage pass to 101 Dalmatians, the live action movie where you could see props and set replicas to the new to the new movie, which they did. They continue to do for like, I know I saw the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe like all of those sets but i think that was the same place and finally in 1996 mm-hmm. you had the opening or the new opening of disney's boardwalk villas which was Ooh. dvc's newest resort and it was advertised as the sights sounds and flavors of the mid-atlantic coast circa 1930 are revived in this waterfront village featuring disney's boardwalk inn and boardwalk villas which was 910 rooms and suites. It had the ESPN club, the old style, the old style dance hall, the Atlantic dance, dueling piano club, jelly rolls, a brew pub, first rate dining, and of course, an authentic boardwalk bordering Crescent Lake. Pizza or taffy, anyone? So the boardwalk was new. Boardwalk's if, pretty great. That gives you any perspective. The boardwalk still kicks ass. Like I could still spend sure a does. whole day just like chilling, doing stuff over at the boardwalk. Plus, it's in walking distance to Epcot. Hell yeah. I'm in. Have you ever walked between the boardwalk and Epcot? Yeah, I stayed at Boardwalk once. It's so nice. So, uh, walked to there and to DHS. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a really long walk to DHS, but you can do it. Yeah, but it's kind of like the same-ish vicinity. Yeah. I like walking to and from epcot and hollywood studios (laughs) i like the convenience of it it's like it's like whatever it's like 20 minutes it's not bad it's better than waiting for a bus true anyway (sighs) on top of all these other new things there are other things that were happening in and around the resort that may or may not exist anymore ben care to elaborate Sure. So before Mickey's PhilharMagic was the cute show, The Legend of the Lion King. It used large puppets to tell the story. Uh, Disney Springs was still known as the Disney Village Marketplace, and 1996 was the year that the World of Disney opened. Love the World of Disney. Mm -hmm. Great shop. Um, One of the biggest changes from 1996 to 2021 will notably be the Wonders of Life Pavilion. Uh, three attractions, Body Wars, Cranium Command, and The Making of Me. Uh, those are all closed they're now. They're all closed. The Wonders so, of Life Pavilion. Rest gone. in fucking peace. Ugh, rip. So there was a comedy trip there. We have no idea what it was. If you know what that was, let us, let us know. know. Um, 
This building was closed very soon after the sponsor MetLife pulled out of the sponsorship. Um, the original Journey to Imagination ride is still kicking ass. As we mentioned. Yep. And uh, Spectro Magic was the nighttime parade at the Magic Kingdom in 1996. The parade featured scenes from The Little Mermaid, Fantasia, Sleeping Beauty, Pinocchio, and Peter Pan. This parade had over 35 floats and more than 45 characters. That's a lot. I didn't even realize it. But I, I, I think when we... That is a big parade. When we talked about... Uh, the spectacular episode and I was originally looking at parades because which was before we ta- said like we'll just do a whole other episode about parades spectrum magic is so long <laughs> I still mm. think main street electrical is better than spectrum magic but like very long love me some main street electrical um and we've also talked about this, but Delta Airlines pulled their sponsorship for Delta Dream Flight changing it to take flight. Mm-hmm. And the first car race is held at the Walt Disney World Speedway. Yeah, and to really, really hit home with what we were dealing with in 1996, a one-day admission pass to any park was $38.50. An annual pass was $220, and a premium annual pass was $319. Now, don't, you know, one of the things that we really like here is packages right vacation packages all in one one price great so in 1996 Mm -hmm. there was a package called the classic package which included unlimited admission to all three parks all three water parks discovery island and pleasure island it also included your choice of the following a 30-minute use of the watercraft planet hollywood t-shirt casual lunch or dinner a character breakfast a photo session with mickey an epcot tour nine holes of golf or a copy of the Burbaum's Guide to Walt Disney World. Who, who would choose Planet Hollywood T-shirt or a copy of the Burbaum Guide? Um, I, I was gonna say, but that. Like, hmm, you could have a whole ass character breakfast or photo session. With nine Mickey holes or of F- golf or, or a T-shirt. Nine holes of golf. I'm sure there are some people that took the t-shirt. Insane. It's weird. Someone probably did. Stupid. But this package was a whopping $287 for adults and $181 for kids for a three-night stay. You can't get a single night stay anywhere near the, the Disney Resort for $181 just for the, the 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 room that is absolutely bonkers crazy and yet inflation minimum wage hasn't been increased at all it's fine it's affordable it's perfectly safe it's perfectly safe um, um i want to talk about the best part for this 25th anniversary special was honestly <laughs> The 25th anniversary special starring Caroline Ray, uh, who many know as uh, Aunt Hilda from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And or if you have been binge watching The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody like I have been, um, she played, uh, what's her name, from the St. Mark Hotel, the one with the mole, the like arch enemy to Mr. Mosby. Um, mm. I don't remember what her name is, even though I just watched the bowling episode today, but so this kind of <laughs> this whole special 
just goes through like this it's this time traveling special to go through the history of the Walt Disney World like resort for the 25 years so but I know you didn't watch it but would you love to share with our dear listeners what the the storyline of this wonderful TV special was yeah so celebrating the history uh Caroline Ray gets the big book of Disney World history. An annoying teenager asks her to do magic, and she says, I can't just play a witch on TV. And he says that if she says the magic words, then it will work. So she says, hocus pocus. And then we flash back to 1965, when Disney World didn't exist yet. Caroline thinks she made Disney World disappear. But really, she just time traveled. That's all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh... When she opens the book, it shows Walt hosting the show Disneyland, talking about the Florida Project. When then, uh, sorry, she then explains the details of the how the Florida Project. Listen, bitch, I'm expecting you to edit my writing as you read it, okay? <laughs> she then explains the details. It's one of those things. My mouth is running fast in my brain right now. So she then explains the details of how the Florida project was designed and executed. Uh, right. some... How about this? You can cut that part out if you cut my initial flub out. But it was so good. Anyway. Um, it makes me look like an idiot. Ben, what, listen, if people listen to our podcast thinking us to be these beautiful, eloquently spoken people, then I don't know what the hell they're listening to. <laughs> I mean, they, there should just be a disclaimer at the top of every episode that says, caution, Ben does not know how to read. Well, established listeners will know that. If you're new here, warning, Ben does not know how to read. Ben doesn't know how to read. Um, so she's gone back in time and she explains how the Florida Project was designed and executed. When Caroline realizes that she now has new real life powers, she has this quote, kooky end quote idea to show you all of the history of the park by time traveling she then uses the phrase abracadabra to transport herself to october 1st 1971 which was the opening day of walt disney world she lands in the hall of presidents she makes a lincoln in the theater joke which was odd um and what follows this is a montage series of 1970s tropes of guests in the park Caroline realizes she is not dressed appropriately, so she uses her powers to transform her clothing to fit the time period, but she overshoots and is now dressed like she's from the 1950s. Awkward. Mm. Uh, Suddenly, two children appear. They mistake her for the bewitched lady. She explains that she's actually on Sabrina from the future, and the kids are like, hey, uh, if we stay with her, we'll be on TV. Apparently, nobody cares about the space-time continuum. Uh, So... (laughs) following this is a bunch of footage from opening day uh walt disney world after 1971 caroline mentions that they have to get to a very important opening in 1982 and what's the important opening in 1982 uh using the word alakazam the three new buds time travel to opening day of epcot the kids get very confused on what's an epcot And she explains the history of Walt's new experimental city. She explains that after he passed, it seemed like it would not come to fruition at all. But Imagineers took the model and made it into a theme park. At some point, Caroline loses the children and has to ask around World Showcase where to find them. In her search, she finds a mime called Bubble Nicholas. 
it's a whole plot point where she's just interacting with bubble nicholas and the kids are just roaming around and they can't find caroline either but they're in the france pavilion and uh yeah it's a whole whole thing excellent hey it sounds like fun mm-hmm. no it's great that looks cool it's cool uh yeah so uh suddenly the magic book opens and mary poppins appears in the picture to assist the kids she takes the kids through world showcase and hopes to find caroline when she finds uh, the kids, she mentions that they're going to be late for 1989, the opening of MGM Studios, mm-hmm. Eye of Newt and Wing of Bat. Mm-hmm. She uses a different spell every time, and that's important to know for later. Yep. This one's Eye of Newt and Wing yes. of Bat. Uh, they get transported to the set of Indiana Jones, epic, stunt spectacular. While outside the Chinese Romans Theater, Caroline tells the kids of the of the movie ride project slated to be MGM Studios. Uh, nope, just kidding. Rewind. While outside of the Chinese Grommans Theater, Caroline tells the kids the great movie ride project slated for Epcot, which was then expanded to be a full-scale park. She talks about the different icons in MGM Studios and how the layout of the park is shaped like Mickey Mouse. After they tour the boring park that was MGM Studios in 1989, which featured many restaurants and not really any attractions, she mentions that they have to jet off to 1996 <laughs> and the 25th anniversary. She uses the, the spell Presto Changeo. However, I would like to point out that there is a key flaw into their time traveling. She talks about all the different icons of Hollywood Studios or MGM at the time, and the Tower of Terror is there in 89. It was not. Oh, it was not there in 89. How awkward. But we're going to have to retcon that. We're going to have to call Disney out and be like, excuse me. Gotta remake it. Fix it. This is not factually correct. Fix your time travel. Gosh. Though we've already established that their space time continuum is already kind of fucked up. They didn't even care. They're probably just destroying the future at this point. Probably. So the next place they land is Blizzard Beach, the largest of the three water parks. While they're at Blizzard Beach, they lose Peter, who is flirting with a woman in a bikini twice his age. When she asks how old he is, he pulls that silly little, well, 1971 plus 1996 bit and deduces he's 36. Which means he's 11. He's 11. He's 11. He's 11. Ugh. The next few segments are about new things and changes coming to the park in 1996, starting with the boardwalk. They then talk about the Disney Institute, where you can learn skills like cooking, rock climbing, and directing. She also talks about all of the Pleasure Island clubs and mentions all of the new stuff like Interventions, Maelstrom, Ellen, Body Wars, Cranium Command, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, yada, yada, yada. Uh, There's a bunch of different stuff. And previews for things like Test Track and Disney Cruise Line and Animal Kingdom going on. It's just a montage, really. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the video, Caroline sends the kids back to 1971. In order for the magic to work perfectly this time, she realizes that she should have been using Disney magic this whole time. Uh, she asks the kids to never forget her and disappears back to 1996. The kids are already sad. They may not see her again. Plus, she left the book there. And they use Disney magic to jump back to 1996 just in time to see the Remember the Magic Parade. Yay! So, Yay. this special, I can't tell if it was cringy because 
it was 25 years ago or if it was always cringy like I think it was always cringy like it was just like a lot of the jokes she was making were like old like middle-aged single jokes and like flirting with people jokes and like just jokes that you would that like that you would see on like you know talk shows and 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 those disney specials all the time but um at the end she says like let's make like it's so happy to be celebrating the 25th anniversary and here's to 25 more so we can do this again in 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 25 more years for the 50th and i was like if they don't bring caroline ray even just for a cameo back for the 50th anniversary special i'm gonna be so mad like i know like they just have she's still relevant she's still around she's kicking so in conclusion for the 25th anniversary celebration uh the last little tidbits of fun was that the monorail got a little special window decal there was a new stage show at the magic kingdom to celebrate returning guests and a new updated illumination show called illuminations 25 the contemporary resort would also spell 25 on, in lights on the side of the building. So, like I mentioned, I I watched it and I was like, because it was like so cringy. And I'm wondering how much, like how different the 50th anniversary special is going to be. Like, do you think we have a little bit more self-awareness of like, time traveling was a cute little thing. But, like, you see all the Disney specials now, and they're so, like, documentary style. Like, it's become mm-hmm. such a popular medium. Do you think that's what this one will be more like? I sure hope so. Yeah, me too. And, like, <laughs> I was watching all the different kinds of specials because this was this was specifically, like, the, like, scripted special. And there was some that were just, like, the Good Morning America special. And then there was others that were just, like, newscasts of the day that it hit 25 years and some of them featured like musical guests and like like little tidbits about the park and like what was new and what was the cool offerings they did a backstage or like behind the scenes of tower of terror at the time so i I feel like that'll just be a lot of what the 50th anniversary kind of special will be is like behind the scenes look of like what's coming soon you know some new technology and all that but hey 25 years down, 50, here's to 25 more, right? Yep, and I can't wait to see what the specials for the 75th are going to look like. It's going to be great. It's so funny to think about the fact that, like, like every time I hit a milestone, Disney's going to hit a milestone. That's true. So it'll be fun. Yeah. We're going to be 50 at the the 75th anniversary of Walt Disney World, Ben. I prefer not to think about that. I Do you think we'll still be doing this podcast in 25 years? I sure hope not. <laughs> what, would we, what would we talk about? <laughs> the good old days of the podcast. Hey, remember that time we said every episode that I couldn't read? Because I still can't. Still can't. <laughs> and then 100 years of Walt Disney World will be freaking 75 if we're not doing the podcast by those points we're gonna have to like have a reunion just for those we don't release an episode in years and it's just 25 like 25 years and 
It's like, and this is the 75th anniversary special. The 100th anniversary special. I can't even fathom, like, what the world will be like. Like, just think, like, 25 years ago, there was such a a tiny glimmer of the internet. And now here we Mm -hmm. are talking to nobody but each other and posting a show every week. Right. Like, And also, the last one was pre-9-11. So, I mean, the world's changed a lot in that facet, too. Well, when I was looking at, and maybe we'll deep dive more into this for the actual anniversary of the other anniversary celebrations, because there are two that fell under the radar for Disney, and it was the 40th and the 30th, because the 30th was in 2001, in October. Oh, right. So it kind of was just like, like it happened, they were like, never mind. Mm-hmm. They were like, mm, nope. Probably not a good time to be throwing a giant party. Yeah. So, and then the 40th, there was, it was weird because it just wasn't, when was the 40th? 10 years ago? So 2011, yeah. like nothing really happened in 2011. The what last, was going on in 2011? The last big celebration was Disneyland's 60th or Disneyland's 50th and Walt Disney World's 35th, which was the year of a million dreams celebration oh right which was i remember that the best year to go to the disney parks that was a great celebration (laughs) it was fantastic so i have high hopes for uh soon like we've talked about off camera ben the 100th anniversary of the walt disney parks is also coming up so i'm real or walt disney company rather the walt disney yeah so i'm excited to see what all-out bash around the world will be for that mm. so let us know if you were when able 2023 i believe okay yeah we'll still be going by then <laughs> we hopefully unless things go very wrong um I see why not but then we'll just so, do a whole detailed history of the walt disney world company it's gonna be great a live stream <laughs> live stream 24-hour live stream we're gonna need it <laughs> please uh if you want us to be sane for the 24-hour live stream in 2023 that we're apparently planning right now um please follow us on all of our social medias uh at q to q on facebook at q underscore two underscore q uh, on instagram at q the number two q on twitter and check out our youtube channel where we have some cool vlogs from theme parks over the summer as well as our new show roadside road trip those are up there plus Mm -hmm. if you like our show and you want to give us a little bit more support you can go on over to patreon.com slash Q2Q and subscribe for just as low as $1 a month to unlock bonus content. And as, as you go up the ladder, you'll get some more cool stuff as we go along. Um, yeah, and you'll feed our, our uh, caffeine bank for the 24-hour live stream in 2023. So. Mm-hmm. so thanks, everybody, for listening. We ourselves are coming up on our one-year anniversary. Uh, and Hollywood Tower of Cake. <laughs> we are a disaster um so always stay tuned for more q to q and uh thanks so much for listening and we'll see you guys thanks coming have a great week next week Bye. bye